Brian Noonan, 720 WGN. Oh, my goodness. The White Sox, big winners today. Is today's victory a little sweeter for me? Yes. Don't at me. Change my mind. Yes, I am always happy uh, when the White Sox beat the Cubs. Now, you may say, oh, but you know what? I don't, I don't actively root against the Cubs except for the days they play the White Sox. So, yay, White Sox. Uh, good game. We have a big show planned. We are glad you're here, whether you're a Cubs fan, a White Sox fan. Do you like the Cleveland Indians? Well, you're welcome here, too. Houston Astros fans, go listen somewhere else. Uh, I don't know why that team uh, brought my IR, Cody, but it did. 312-981-7200 is the number if you want to get involved in the broadcast. When you do, you will be speaking to the aforementioned Cody Goff. He is the executive producer from Rockford, Illinois. If you're nice to him, you get to me. If you want to keep in touch with us on social media, Facebook and Twitter, it's Brian Noonan Show. So a lot of ways to stay accessible to the big broadcast. We are going to talk... I've decided, Cody, I am going to take charge. I've let other people run things for way too long, and I'm tired of it. So after 5 o'clock, I have a new, uh, you could say law, you could say edict, you could say pronouncement, but I will be coming down hard on some people, and they will have to, uh, they'll have to give in. So that's after 5 o'clock. We're also going to talk Irish Fest, which is next weekend. Our good friend Kathy O'Neill from the Irish American Heritage Center will be here talk a little Irish Fest. We are going to talk about a big fundraiser for the H Foundation. The Goombay Ball is coming up. We will talk to some folks from the H Foundation after 6. Cody has a new vacation destination that he does not even know about yet, but we're going to talk about that. Maybe we'll get some Florida news and uh, a whole lot more. Before we go any further, let's uh, can we please take a moment and congratulate the U.S. Uh, women's national soccer team for winning the World Cup. Congratulations, ladies. Nicely done. Uh, fantastic job beating Norway today. Oh, the Norwegians. Always a thorn in our collective soccer sides. I don't know if that's true at all, but uh, what do you, why do you give me that look? It may be true. What Do you know that if uh, Norwegian women's soccer is the bane of... U.S. Uh, women's National Soccer's existence? I don't. I don't either, but I this year they were. Sure. So we vanquished them. We, everyone we was vanquished. Vanqui- everyone was vanquished. The entire world. And yet, <laughs> and yet the women's national team stands on top. Congratulations, ladies. That was fantastic. So that's, that's uh, good news. Now, I have not seen you in a while. We did, did we have a show last week? Yeah, we did. We know. No, we didn't have a show last week. I haven't seen you in a couple weeks. Yeah. What have you been up to? Michelada Fest. That's right. That was yesterday. Michelada Fest. And today. And it's going on right now. If you are in the, if you are anywhere near Pilsen, according to Cody and uh, myself, you need to get over to Michelada Fest. See Dude, our friends, uh, Big Mish. If you are in a car, if you're taking an Uber or Lyft or a taxi right now, if you're you... leaving Guaranteed Rate Field, you are dangerously close oh, to Pilsen. Dude. You should take a detour from Guaranteed Rate Field. And go over to Pilsen. Where is the, uh, where is the fest, Cody? Franklin Park. All right. Question mark. <laughs> it's in my, it's in my, like. Cody's going to find it. But anyway. <laughs> but dude, you should go. So, so did good. you have fun? I was unable to go. My wife was not feeling well, and we had to take our daughter to the airport. So I unfortunately had to miss Michelada. Sorry, Harrison Park. Harrison Park in Pilsen. Uh, just tell your Uber or Lyft driver, put it in your uh, GPS, however you get there. Get there and have a uh, have a couple of Micheladas to either celebrate the Sox victory over the Cubs, or if you're a Cubs fan, go have a Michelada and drown your sorrows. They're so good. Yeah. Oh, it was the Netherlands. I apologize. It was the Netherlands that uh, we beat. That the well, not we, the U.S. Women's uh, National Team beat the, the Netherlands. So congratulations again. They're still World Cup champions, and we are very happy for them. That part was true. Big soccer game going on at uh, Soldier Field today as well. Is U.S. There? versus Mexico for the gold. I believe it's the Gold Cup Championship. Wow. Yeah. 
lot of, a lot of football, as the Europeans call it. And if you're leaving that game later, and it's before 10 p.m., sure, I'm telling you. Sure. So you had, I'm guessing then by your wild endorsement that you had a good time yesterday. I had many micheladas. I walked away with many jars of Big Mish that Michelada <laughs> makes. I'm wearing a Big Mish t-shirt. Yeah, you're like a billboard. Dude, uh, I'm all about it. It was such a fun fest. It is $5 to get in. I And, and the weather. Oh, oh, my God. This is... Uh, this is the day that every this is like the tourism day. If you're if you're trying to convince people that Chicago is the place to be, this is the day to convince them because it is picture perfect. Beautiful temperatures, mid 70s, mid to upper 70s, a little bit of a breeze, very few clouds in the sky. This is the day that Chicago shines the, the most. Yesterday was yesterday was equally as good. But this is this is perfect. This is almost San Diego weather. All weekend. Just gorgeous. No humidity, no rain, just sunshine and cool breezes. When people visit and they ask, why do you live in Chicago? Why do you put up with all that weather? Literally. Two yes- days in July. Yeah. That's yeah. why we, <laughs> that's Yesterday why we and today. Yes. And now by tomorrow, we're like, this place blows. <laughs> oh, it stinks here. No, th- these are the two days that we live here. This is why. And I will take that back. These two days in the summer and about a week in the fall where it's nice and crisp, about uh, 55 to 65. Uh, the leaves are changing colors. There's uh, beautiful sunshine. Those days we stay for, too. But other than that, from uh, mid-November to July 1st, nah, you're miserable. Yeah. So that's it. So basically from now until October. Yeah. That's why we're here. Even I went outside, and there's a, that's new, amazing. There's a new Final Fantasy XIV expansion, Shadowbringers, and yet... I left my house. You, you for, uh, you forwent. Dis- I was going to say foregone, but that's not it. And forwent is not right. Mm. Whether you, you bailed on video games to go outside and enjoy the weather. I bailed on video games. Let me ask this though: If there had been no micheladas involved, would you have in fact gone outside? If it was just a regular Saturday with beautiful weather and nothing to lure you out, no, uh, no exotic cocktails, no beautiful festivals, no hot yoga, or. Uh, Humid Pilates. What did you do yesterday morning? Hot Pilates. Hot Pilates. Well, see, but this is why I live in Chicago, so that to I am... To do hot Pilates? Well, there's one thing. And also to put myself in an environment where there are always options and there there's always, always something options. cool and fun going on. So I, I am forcing myself to force myself out of the house. It's probably best. Probably. I'm, I'm not a fan of it for the most part, but I, I understand where people enjoy that. Of what? Going out? going out. Uh, yeah. I don't like to wander out. I cut the grass yesterday. I did. So, listen, you know, I'm I've, I'm in a new neighborhood. I made my mark in my new neighborhood yesterday. I don't know if anybody noticed it. I don't. Uh, I don't care. I took matters into my own hands, Cody, because now that I am a Chicago resident proper, now that I'm a resident of this wonderful city, I'm going to do my level best at all times to make this city a better place. Yeah. And yesterday, I did just that. So in the storms of the past week. Uh, my my block is beautifully tree lined with gorgeous huge old trees all up and down the uh, the parkway, you know. So during the storm, uh, a branch, a giant branch, way up in one of these trees broke, and it was leaning and causing a huge section of the tree to be hanging into the street. And for two days, I would try to exit my street, and the the tree branches would scratch the top of my car. And I said to myself, "This is not only bothersome for me; this is bothersome for my neighbors." And it's a holiday, so the city probably not going to be on top of tree trimming 
because there's been a lot of storm damage over the last week. So it might, if I call 311, it might go unheated. So yesterday, after I cut my grass and I'm standing there staring at the street, I said, I'm going to do something about this. So I went into my garage where I have a tree trimmer. It's a long uh, telescoping handle with a a bow saw on one end, and then you can put little branches. You can hook little branches and pull a rope, and it will chop the little branches off. So I went into my garage and got my tree trimmer, and I headed out to the street. Uh, I stood in the middle of the street, and I began telescoping my handle, and I started sawing. Not all the way up, because one, this is a huge branch, and I was like, if this falls, one, it could kill me. Two, if the whole thing falls, it might hit this pickup truck that has been parked in the same spot since we moved in. This pickup truck has not moved. Now, it's not an FBI surveillance van because I can see right into it. It's a pickup truck. There's nobody in there. More like a put-down truck. Yeah. Wow. Just put Somebody put it down and left it. Yep. Just a left-there truck. Very nicely played. Thanks. So I'm like, all right, well, if I just chop this big section off, one, it will ease the weight on on the brake, and two it will alleviate all the cars going by getting their roof scraped up. So there I stood in the middle of the street with my big saw. Saw, 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 saw. One car came by. I had to stop sawing and move out of the way. Nobody came out. I don't know if my neighbors were all peeking through their blinds, trying to see what the crazy new neighbor was doing with a giant uh, saw on a pole out in the middle of the street. But I cut this giant section off. It fell into the street. I moved it. I just, here was my thinking. I'm going to leave it on the parkway for the city. So I moved it over. It's in a no par- the t- the tree branch is in a no parking zone. So I figure if the city is really bothered by it, they'll just write it a ticket, because or do something because I put it in a place where nothing should be parked. But I threw it out of the way, and now you can drive up and down my street without any worry of a branch or tree branches uh, scraping your top. Now I don't I don't say that at some point this branch is not going to crack all the way and come tumbling down. But, one, there will be much less of it. Two, with the weight taken off it from the end, you know, as I'm, as I'm thinking about my geometry and leverage and uh, breaking points and uh, pivots or whatever, what did they use? Uh, fulcrums, you know? Uh, not only good for talk radio topics, but also good for figuring out where to cut a tree branch. You're looking at the fulcrum. Uh, I figured now it's now it's there's much less of a risk of the branch coming down on its own unless there's another storm so there you go i am i've been i've been a resident of chicago proper for less than two weeks and i am already making my neighborhood a better place let that be let me serve as an example to you no matter what community you live in take a giant saw and hack away at the bad things in your neighborhood whether it's a tree limb perhaps a nosy neighbor i don't know whatever whatever you need to hack away at figuratively of course not literally figuratively hack away at the bad things in your neighborhood so there you go cody i'm i'm the kind of guy you want moving in next to you i take care of business i get things done you know i appreciate that i'm glad you're in the city thank you for your contribution of tens of thousand dollars uh in taxes just in the last two weeks yeah i'm very excited about uh, always getting asked if i want a bag <laughs> uh, i can't believe the bag tax thing bag is throwing taxes, you off the bag tax thing is uh, it's Really? So now today, uh, today I had to go to the dollar store to get Play-Doh. You may say, "What? Why are you going to the dollar store to get Play-Doh?" Uh, Feeling be- very philosophical recently. Well, sure, no, uh, because tomorrow summer school starts, and I don't have any Play-Doh for the kindergarten kids to make uh, Play-Doh letters and stuff. But anyway, 
We I bought a reusable bag today at the dollar store. There you go. And I've got a couple other. Re- the, the problem isn't that I don't have reusable bags. Brian, I've got five thousand. I, I can do give you. too. The problem is I don't know. I don't have them with me. I got to put them in the car, and I have to remember to use them. That's yeah. that's the issue. You got a whole car. Put them in there. I know, but the point is I don't care that much. <sighs> but I do care once they start going. Uh, how many bags you want? It's seven cents a piece. No bags. No bags. All right, we've got a break. We'll do this. We'll come back. There's more to talk about. Uh, Cody was at Michelada Fest. I'm making Chicago a better place just in two weeks. What have you done? How long have you lived here, Cody? I don't know. Not too much long. All right, we've got to do this. Then there's more. It's WGN. Roger Badish is coming to the studio. We wondered where Roger was. Usually he's in here before we even start getting ready to uh, to say hello. We are always welcoming. Hello, how was the? You were the Grand Marshal. No, not the no, Grand no, Marshal. No. You're the uh, the Master announcer, of Master of Ceremonies yeah. for the Skokie Fourth of July Parade. This yeah. was your 87th year in that capacity. Is that yes, correct? Yes, I think that just about sums it up. Very sure. nice. Was yeah. it? Uh, <laughs> it's a beautiful day. A little warm, but that's okay. It's Fourth of July. Warm. It's supposed to be warm. Well, you know, it it turned out to be weatherwise exactly like last year's. Okay. Uh, Temperature-wise, uh, humidity. Yeah, it's uh, it's hot. It's Fourth of July. That's I know, fine. I know. And did it, you it wear a big fun. hat? You don't look too sunburned. I uh, I didn't wear the hat to start oh, with, boy. and then I started feeling the uh, the yeah. searing effect, your, like a steak on, on a grill. Yeah, it's yeah. just a sizzle. So uh, <laughs> so I put the hat back on, but the coat only stayed on. The sport coat only stayed on for maybe 10 minutes. Then it was the mesh uh, red, white, and blue t-shirt? Yes. Nice. With the muscles, the yes, guns yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, Right. Sun's out, guns out. I've, uh, always. Um, or more like muskets in my... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in keeping with the spirit. Yeah, you know, sun's muskets. out, slingshots out. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so yeah, so everything went well. We know Dave Ennett was... Uh, Dave Ennett was... He was the Grand Marshal, right? He was right? the Dave Grand Marshal. Dave was the Grand right. Marshal. And he loved it. He and his Very wife nice. uh, were there. They got the celebrity treatment all well, the way. he's Mr. Cat. He should get the celebrity treatment. I know, treatment. and he did wear purple. Senior Gatto. I saw some pictures, yeah. some of your pictures. Yeah, he uh, looked good. He, uh, there, there may be a surprise tomorrow morning in one of the studios. Oh. We're just going to leave it at that. Are you pulling a convertible right in? Uh, yeah, I is think that, so. Is Dave going to drive around the studios and wave <laughs> to people, showing everybody his wave? That's terrific. Keep, he's just going to stay in the car and keep going that around. Was very, that was very exciting. Yeah, it was a beautiful day. Great day. Uh, the, the people coming out to the parade loved it again. We keep drawing more and more crowds. I was going to ask you about this because, you yes. know, I texted you the night before. I wanted yes. to talk to you about this, but yeah. I didn't know you were uh, you were sleeping. <laughs> um, there was uh, there was an article in the Trib about how crazed people are to get their seats saved along the parade route. That there's, it's almost as bad as dibs in the winter. People are coming yeah. out days in advance to put their chairs and things out, and, and Skokie's had to change the uh, laws or the ordinances on when, because people were using like crime scene tape and all this to, right. to block things off. So this is a huge deal, this parade. Well, actually, if I may clear that up, just you a tad. Can, you, well, you have our, about a minute and a half. Our neighbors to the east, all right, Evanston. Heard about them. That's where they actually had to put in a law that you could not put anything down on the streets, on the uh, the thoroughfares, until I think it's like 48 hours ahead of time. Uh, well, that's still a, three that's four, still a long but time people, before a parade. People were putting them out 7 to 14 days in advance. Those are people who really have nothing better to do. I know. I know. That's, if you've got two weeks to plan for a parade, you really need other hobbies. <laughs> But ours... this coming from the guy who gets out there, you know, right. hours before Mardi Gras parade. <laughs> but that's you. only hours. Yeah, but it's some still... people are dead. No, I left yeah. stuff out for an entire weekend. All right, but that's <laughs> different. That's Mardi Gras. <laughs> 
But Skokie, we have more than enough space. Uh, there's parts of the parade where there's lots of land open, lots of space open, because it's through a business district. Evanston's is through pretty much about 80% of it is through a residential area That's nice. before it hits the business district. Sure. So you, people, people don't want other people on their lawn for no. a week and a half. That's no. insane. No. I know when we lived in Frankfurt for the big parades, uh-huh. um, we would go early, but it was, you know, say the parade is at noon. I'm talking right. maybe at 6 o'clock we'd go put our chairs up. Six okay. in the and that's nothing. That same it's same day. It's day yeah. of. The streets are already closing down. Right. You know. So right. that's that's fine. Yeah. Skokie, lots of room, though All it right. was still crowded. We have lots of people, especially right by where I'm at, at the VIP um uh booth or pavilion. You're uh, who's given the Cody's evening? eating a cookie. It, what? <laughs> a big Fourth of July cookie. It, no, it's not. So, was anybody throwing yeah. candy? That was my no, question. No, somebody love, asked last I night. I love when people throw candy off the floats. That's the whole. That, that's. I, I'm I, like a little kid. I want to catch some Smarties, throw me a Tootsie Roll. Right in the uh, forehead. It doesn't matter. It'll drop to the ground and then I'll scurry and pick it up. No. I don't we, want, oh, pencils. Thank you, politician. Thank you, bank. Oh. <laughs> I don't want a pencil. Erasers. No. For, Back to school. Because you know that's the season now. Yeah, it's well, already back. At fourth is over. Back to school. Right. I start summer school tomorrow. Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> Kindergarten. Anyway, listen, we got to do the news. Then there'll be more. I have decided uh, since I've become such a good neighbor to uh, and I'm making Chicago better one day at a time. I have a new edict, not for Chicago, but for, not only for Chicago, but for the entire listening area. So this is a new law that I am putting into effect. You must listen to me. Why? Because I said so. Chicago stories told 24 7 on 720 WGN Chicago. Smart speaker users just say play WGN radio on tune in. It is 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and with the news, there she is, Pam Jones. Uh, Roger is here. He's uh, his first newscast in about 25 minutes. Uh, he'll have all the top stories. Pam is uh, wearing her socks hat. Very exciting as she gets ready to exit the building. Thank you, Pam. Not not so fast. I still have to do the 5.30. Oh, you're doing the 5.30? Yeah. And Roger, oh, how, how many months have we been doing this? I don't pay attention. I at 6. It's okay. Well, you're always in early. That's why I know. I oh, all right. Well, because I'm a faithful and loyal employee. Roger, I we do don't that. even know when our show starts. Yeah, our show is always, our, we have a soft start. Well, how am I going to pay attention to your schedule? I don't even know what my schedule <laughs> when you're is. On. Good thing, too, Roger, because just a little housekeeping note. Good thing you're in early because the left computer over here that usually gives us all the traffic and current weather conditions outside not working. Oh. So you'll see that I did it old school with a notebook and a couple Look sheets of paper. And I cannot read my handwriting, so sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's Pam, why I have computers. <laughs> Pam, like old school journalism. She goes, stop the presses. That's right. Very exactly. nice. <laughs> Very you. nice. Thank you. Uh, all right. I mentioned, uh, Roger, before you got here, that I am, yeah. uh, I am doing my best now to become a, a true Chicagoan and make the city better every day. But now I need to, uh, I need to expand the scope of my influence. Because, Cody, you know, I like everybody. Well, uh, I like everybody to do what I say. Because, really, my ideas, I have good ideas. Not not in the way that some people say they have good ideas. Uh, mine are not the best ideas. Uh, this is not, uh, I'm not talking bigly. This is just me having good ideas. As you know, 4th of July was Thursday. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yes, 4th mm-hmm. of July was Thursday. Which means fireworks started, amateur fireworks, right. started going off about a week ago. Exactly. And they've been going off constantly. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I'm all for patriotism. I'm all for people taking the risk of blowing their fingers off. That's <laughs> on you. Uh, listen, you want to you wanna do yourself some, uh, some yeah. harm? Mm-hmm. God bless you. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's illegal in Illinois, but let's be honest, nobody's enforcing it, which is why I will, uh, I will reiterate a point I made the other morning. Fireworks should be just made legal. Forget about it. Right. The tax money that this state could 
garner if it made fireworks legal i mm-hmm. forget the exact uh, number but for for sake of argument i know i'm close in this projection indiana gets about 2.8 million dollars a year wow. in taxes on the fire on you know the extra tax they charge right, on fireworks sure. so illinois is giving that tax up to other states we mm-hmm. need to do it ourselves because one people are blowing stuff up anyway this law is not working it's uh, a fallacy I don't need the government telling me, well, you could hurt yourself. Yeah, okay, that's fine. I'd probably hurt myself that's doing a, a lot of things. It's personal responsibility. You can't there legislate is, personal responsibility. But we do all the time. Yeah. We do all the time. So anyway, we need to make fireworks legal. That's point number one. That being said, today is it. After today, you do not get to blow off any more fireworks. Because I gave you an extra couple days, me being the benevolent leader that I am. The all-benevolent. I am always, I am nothing if not benevolent. Yes. I will, I look to my people and I say, listen, my people, <laughs> I will give you a couple extra days because 4th of July is a Thursday. Let's stretch it into the weekend. You're having some barbecues. All right, good. Mm-hmm. Maybe enough of you haven't taken a mortar to the chest. So <laughs> we need to... We need to give you a couple more days because I need to jack up those stats for the people who are going to say fireworks are very dangerous. And if uh, if not enough people blow themselves up, who's that's around? not yeah who's yeah. gonna who's gonna listen to that stuff? Right. All right. So here's the deal. After tonight, you got to stop blowing off fireworks. As of midnight. Right. I'm going to say ten o'clock tonight. Okay. All As right. of ten o'clock people tonight, people have to go to bed and right. for work tomorrow. Because tomorrow yeah. we get back to a regular schedule. A lot right. of people go back to work tomorrow. All right. You because this year. In my new neighborhood, where I am trying to make a difference every day, yes, I had never heard, and I'm not exaggerating. This is this is not exaggeration for comedic purposes. It was terrifying. There was stuff going off from Wednesday evening up until I think I heard the last one at one o'clock this morning. Oh, so, and I'm talking a lot and mm-hmm. loud and varying degrees of explosions, mm-hmm. and it just kept going and going. And I'm like, okay. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get upset about it because it's the Fourth of July weekend. But now it's over. Right. So now you need to. You you can't complain that we're not being uh, patriotic. Right. You can't complain that well. I'm just celebrating. No, 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 no. You had your days to celebrate. Now it's time to stop. It's the Fourth of July, not the month of July. Well, sure. But if you've driven, listen. If you made the Far effort to drive right. to Indiana, all right. Even if it's just across the line, mm-hmm. and you you're gonna blow up what you got. You and then to. you know, sure. you know those guys in Indiana with the tents and the pickup trucks, all the you know the really trustworthy retailers. <laughs> uh, you know, guys, <laughs> the guy here. behind the tent packing them right there. Yeah, the guy with just a stub. <laughs> come here, come here. I got Oh, you want something big? Come here, I got something out in the truck. That's right. Yeah. It's under the tarp. Come here. No, put the cigarette out. Get over here. Come on. All right, now when I show it to you, it looks like it's glowing, but that's don't worry about that. <laughs> And the cloud that it emits is going to look different. Right. But don't worry about that. Everything's going to be fine. You know, those guys are, you know, now it's going to be like four for one. Right. So people are like, well, oh. they got to clear the shelves. Sure, you got to clear the shelves so you go get yourself some bar. And nothing screams safety like bargain basement on sale clearance rate fireworks. Yeah. These are the ones that, well, they've only got half a wick. But listen, <laughs> we're going to give it to you for 38 cents. You just have to make sure that only the really quick people light them. Because if you let Tubby over there light it, there's going to be tragedy. Because I guarantee you, Tubby ain't going to make the blast zone. He's not going to clear it. There's going to be trouble.
<laughs> don't let Gimpy over there. You know, the guy on the crutches can't light it. No. Uh, you know, your friend who's in the wheelchair, he can't light it. They all got to be out of the blast zone because these are what we call quick blowers. Right. Which is a girl Cody dated in high school. <laughs> but <laughs> it didn't last very long. Didn't last long at all. So you got to get out of the blast zone. But anyway, to my point, even if you bought these really cheap fireworks, you have got to now put them away. Put them away till next year. Here's a good idea. Store them in your garage next to your gas cans. That's a good idea. There you go. Because you know people are doing that. Of course. Sure. I'll it's just, a safe place. Yeah, I'll just leave them in the garage. Yeah. It's not going to get too hot and humid in there. and There's not oily rags and gas next to the lawnmower. That's going to be fine. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine. I don't know why we have to worry about it. 312-981-7200. All right. Uh, change my mind that we should be done blowing off fireworks by 10 o'clock tonight. That this is it. I wish I had a card table, Cody. If I had a card table, I would do the show from back there and let people try to change my mind. <laughs> Who's that guy that sits out there? Uh, you know that. He's all over social media. I don't know. He, ta- he takes positions, and then he sits on college campuses, and he says, save my mind. It's the change my mind guy. The change Steven my Crowder. Mind. Steven Crowder. I'm yeah. the, uh, yeah. So I'm going to change my mind if you think we should be able to keep blowing off fireworks. This is it. You know, we're, we're done. And then we ought to make them legal by next year. Listen, let's be honest. Wait a minute. The governor is taxing everything. <laughs> the go- yeah. take, take a little something off of us. Give mm-hmm. us a break. I'm already paying 20 cents more for a gallon of gas. If I smoked, I'd be paying more for that. Thank God I don't smoke. You know, but I do buy I do buy groceries in the city, so I got to pay buy plastic bags. <laughs> Seven cents. Seven cents a bag. This is nuts. But wait a minute. I'm <laughs> sawing down the trees for the city. <laughs> I should be getting a little kickback. A little something should be coming my way because I'm working for Streets and Sand. This is, you know, I'm an unlicensed Streets and Sanitation worker. You know what I'm getting? Bupkis. Nothing. Nothing. So he needs to come on. Oh, Wait a minute. Goodness. What? He, January 1st, marijuana is becoming legal. All right. So what do you want me to do? Get high? Well, and, now you want, and now you want to add fireworks to that. Yeah. Are you? Listen. Yeah. How this, slow are they going to be running, trying to run away? Maybe we learn a couple lessons, Roger. Yes. Maybe this is what maybe this is what it takes. You are a teacher. You educate. You I provide lessons for right. people. I cannot. <laughs> I cannot allow uh, the the tax money to uh-huh. go to Indiana, right? Just because somebody might be doing bong rips and want to fire off a Roman <laughs> candle. That's not. That's not my place. You know. All right. All right. Three one two nine eight one seven two one. I got to I got to take it. Cody's been Cody's been wildly silent on this. Um, <laughs> I don't think he could. I don't think he's sensing. You didn't realize that when I moved to the city, I would uh, elevate myself. Oh yeah, the t- the card tag pro. Yeah, they t- I'm paying more for my license plate. That's right. right. Thank you, texter from the seven seven three. Hundred fifty bucks for that. Yeah. So listen, Governor Pritzker, you're not above taxing us. And and legislature and everybody mm-hmm. else is this going to turn into a tax segment? No, no tax segment. Just the fact that if we got to pay taxes, why are we letting all this tax money go? We obviously need the money in Illinois. I'm for that. Unfortunately, one way that we get the money is to tax people. I'm not. I'm not happy about it. Unfortunately, sometimes that's the way it goes. But if we see ta- if if we see money blowing out of here like it's through a funnel, 
you got to stop that flow. You think and it'll sc- bring jobs back to the state? Now you can That's open up right. factories, jobs oh. for people, put manufacturing the I fireworks. See, I envision the entire southern third of the state as mm. nothing but a fireworks emporium. From Effingham South to Cairo, from East St. Louis all the way across to uh, Metropolis. And uh, Metropolis is in southern Illinois, Cody. Don't worry. I believe Uh, you. And Shawneetown. From East St. Louis to Shawneetown, from Effingham to Metropolis, nothing but gunpowder in the air. As Illinois becomes the nation's leader in cheap explosive devices. You could make up literally imagine, any town. Imagine the <laughs> Abraham Lincoln bust where the head just blows off. That is, that's a top seller. The presidential bombardier. I'm, I see a lot of potential for this. Am I the only one? Am I the only person who can look into the future? I guess. Cody doesn't want to look into the future. He's, he's scared. He's scared of the future. Don't, don't fear the future, Cody. Don't fear. Come with me. Let me lead you down a path to enlightenment and freedom. There are and so many. Animates. <laughs> there are so many parts about this conversation I'm terrified of. The future is so far down the list. <laughs> <laughs> why? why what, what, what scares you? I'm terrified of the texts and the calls that may be coming in. I just, who knows what destruction you've sowed the seeds of. All right. Let's, uh, well, we'll get to those texts and those calls after this. And really, forget about King John. I just want to be governor for a day, and I'll take care of business. A couple things that I'm putting in the hopper. One, moratorium on fireworks after 10 o'clock tonight. You had a few extra days because it's the uh, a long 4th of July weekend, but it's over. People have to go to work. Yes, you've proved your patriotism. We all know you love uh, you love America. You've been blowing stuff up for four days. It's time to stop. Also, uh, we need to make fireworks legal. Uh, somebody texted in and said, hey, you got to check this out. A state rep has introduced a bill to legalize fireworks. He is uh, State Rep. Alan Silicorn. He's a Republican from East Dundee, so he introduced a bill to legalize fireworks in Illinois. Last year, State Rep. Barb Wheeler also proposed a bill. So uh, we got some politicians thinking the right way. Let's get that tax money in here and help alleviate some of the uh, the gas tax and everything else that we're uh, we're paying by legalizing fireworks and stopping all that money from going to uh, Missouri, Wisconsin, and Indiana. Uh, Scott wants to jump in about the my moratorium going into effect at uh, 10 o'clock tonight. Hi, Scott. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. Hey, you know what? I agree with you 100%. Uh, you know, um, I, it's been like a war going on for the last four days. And, you know, I love America and everything, um, but enough is enough, right? Yeah. No, so there's a point, I agree with there's you 100%. A point where you just got to you stop. It's over. Right, right, right. And also, I agree you should legalize fireworks in Illinois, but I do want to share one story about fireworks I think is kind of funny. Okay. Um, I was in college, and I went to spring break in Florida, and I came back and stopped in Tennessee and bought, like, you know, 20 rockets, 50 Roman candles, you know, the whole shebang, right? Mm-hmm. So I come back, and I was going to college in Wisconsin, and I was playing rugby in college, and, you know, after rugby practice, we went on and had a few beers like rugby players do, right? <laughs> so we 
came back in the parking lot of college, and we started a small war with all these rockets and Roman candles. <laughs> See? And you're the reason people are saying it's too dangerous. You are the reason. We had a rule, and there was a rule in college that if you got caught doing it, you're expelled, right? Well, the police came, and they go, just show us where the fireworks are, and we promise we'll talk to the, uh, the dean, right? So he took all my rockets. <laughs> and I never got thrown out, but the cops got all my rockets. Well, sure they did. And then they had a nice party later that night. I thought it was pretty funny anyway. Very funny. Scott, thanks for the call. All right, take it easy. Take care. Oh, man. Now, uh, let's see. Would this also compensate those unfairly affected by not being able to risk harming themselves or others by not being able to buy fireworks? Would there be funds devoted to hospitalization, funeral? No, there would not. Because, because it's already being done. We're all, we're already we're already being overrun by fireworks. The the law is not working. There's no enforcement. There's no there's no effort for enforcement unless listen, the police have a lot of really important things to do. They're not going to be if they come upon somebody with fireworks, maybe they stop the threat of I think it's $25,000 fine potentially or $2500 fine and a year in prison. That's that's not happening. So no, we're not saying these are the kind of things where you know, cigarettes are legal. People are dying from cancer. It's unfortunate. It's horrible. People people drink alcohol. They get in horrible things. It's, it's, it's awful. But sometimes things that are dangerous are legal, and we just have to we just go with it. That's, uh, that's just how it is. Uh, Jerry from Kansas thinks I have issues, and I should see a shrink. Yeah, duh, Jerry. <laughs> are you new? Jerry's not new to the show. Jerry's been listening for years and years. <laughs> I think Jerry just came to a realization and scared himself. He's like, oh, wow, what have I been listening to for all this time? Cody, uh, a lot of fireworks going off in your neighborhood. You live uh, you live in an urban area. You live by some uh, L tracks. Yeah. A lot um, of people under the tracks blowing things up. Nah, you can hear some in Lincoln Park, Lakeview-ish, but I was in Rockford for the 4th of July. Oh, how was that? Pretty great. Yeah. Pretty fantastic display now, every Rockford, year. Rockford, uh, for being the, what is it, the ninth most dangerous city in the world? Eh, top the 10. Nation, top 10. 20. Uh, how, how do they handle? They used to used to be beautiful for 4th of July. We've, we talked to the man who ran the fireworks for decades and decades till he's passing. Yeah. It was good. Uh, yeah. There's, yeah, um, not that many people throwing fireworks around. Everyone's got those poppers, though. You oh, know, the, the little, poppers, the snappers, the popper. What are they? The, the little ones that you throw on the ground, or the ones where you pull the string and it shoots out of like a cup. Nah, like the confetti little, shoots out of a cup. Little white ones. You grab oh, a handful, yeah. you throw them on the ground. Right. And it's, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's most mostly that I remember in sparklers. Those are fun, you know. Some of those, but but sparklers most, very dangerous. Most people in Rockford know the display is so awesome. You don't need to buy your own fireworks. Yeah. Why compete? But your proximity to Wisconsin would make it uh, very tantalizing to go across the border. That's easy, but yeah, people are lazy. I'd be too. <laughs> I mean, I am. Yeah, people like what? Lazy. So you are judging the rest of you are judging the rest of uh, society by your lack of uh, initiative. Yep. All right. Well, I guess, I guess that's okay. <laughs> wow, that is that's probably the worst <laughs> the worst thing ever. Well, everybody else is okay. No, ours ours were going uh, as I said into about one o'clock this morning. It was still going, so it's. It's time. And I I always think about the dogs because that's who's in my house. I didn't, but this year I've been paying a little more attention to veterans and, and posts about veterans having difficulty with fireworks as well. And, you know, if you're, if you're a veteran or you're a dog owner, you kind of, you can plan around 4th of July. 
you know, you can figure out you can figure out ways to to protect yourself on that day. But when it just keeps going and going and going, it's it makes a lot of sense. So we need to stop. Ten o'clock tonight, you're done. All right? That's it. We're gonna take a quick break. Then it'll come back. It'll be news time. And after news time, oh my goodness, we're gonna talk about Irish Fest. A lot to get to. It's WGN. All right, if you heard a little Irish whistle over uh, REM, that's because uh, James Conway is in the studio, along with Kathy O'Neill from the Irish American Heritage Center, because Irish Fest is happening next week, July 12th, 13th, and 14th at the Irish American Heritage Center on North Knox. If you go to irish-american.org, you can get all the information. Welcome, Kathy. Welcome, Jim. Good to have you both here. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, let's start because we're gonna we're gonna get all the details. But let's start because I had asked Jim to uh, to start us off. Uh, so James Conway, I, I, is it? Do you go by Jim or James? Which uh, Jim prefer? is good. Jim is good. Yeah. Jim's okay. Yeah, Jim uh, has been. You've been a uh, playing traditional Irish music your whole life, correct? Yeah, over thirty years. And you started. You've got a tin whistle with you. You started. You started with the whistle. Is that right? The baron and the whistle. Actually, I started with the the violin, but I I, I didn't take to that. So okay, <laughs> I put that away, and then I got started uh, on the the penny whistle and the Irish uh, frame drum, the baron. Right. So, I don't play much baron anymore, but uh, whistle and harmonicas are my main axes now. And you do a lot. You do a lot of sessions and stuff. And you actually are playing with your group, the Boils, on Saturday night, the thirteenth at eight o'clock. You're part of uh, Irish Fest, and the Boils. Uh, full disclosure: you are a Bowron player. Is my teacher, Mike Austin? Oh, is that so, right? Yeah, so my, <laughs> Mike Very is good. responsible for me trying to slam on that uh, frame drum as well. Right, Mike Austin and Jack Callahan are, are the two other fellows that are, are the Boils, and we're going to play at eight o'clock on on Saturday. And you got, but you do a lot of stuff outside of the Boils too. You're you're playing music all over i do you know i i like irish music it was my first uh style of music but i i like old-timey stuff and bluegrass i yeah. pick a little guitar and so when i'm not playing at the heritage center or uh the irish pubs sometimes i might be at a barbecue joint and picking some blues and very so. nice and if you want to find out where Jim is going to be, jamesconway.net is his website. The schedule is up there. Uh, again, he'll be with the Boyles at Irish Fest. So, Kathy, music, obviously the centerpiece of Irish Fest. You've got great bands from all over the world. We do, we do. Um, we're excited to have a lot of bands in from Ireland this year. That's part of our showcase. Um, but one of the highlights uh, we've never had before is a band called Dust Bowl Revival. Um, oh, and okay. that's an eight-piece, oldie-timey, Americana, blues, jazz Gypsy jazz. Now, outfit. do we put the E and on oldie to make it officially oldie timing? We could, or we could make it Irish old, and that's A U L D. Oh, mm. like old acquaintance. <laughs> oh, wow. This is all right. Wow. This so, is a, this, the linguistics are getting too uh, too startling for me today. All right. So, uh, there's a Dust Bowl revival. They're coming yes. in, and that's Friday night. Friday right? night. Yes. Okay. And this is what makes what makes their edition so different for the fest. Well, I, I'm not sure we've ever had anything like it. I mean, it's a big, big, like, they cover the band. Um, they do a lot okay. of really cool old, you know, country. Um, I don't know if we've any ever had any acts like that before. Very cool. But I think for Friday night, it's really great because we also have Coyote Riot, who I might have been on the show before, and they play a lot of fun kind of 
alt-country type stuff, too. So that's kind of the focus of the evening. Well, that's the beauty of Irish Fest, because you may think, well, I'm not a big, you know, traditional Irish music. It's not, it's not, there is traditional Irish music there, but there is such a wide variety of bands and styles and everything that's coming up there. You're, I guarantee as you walk around, you're going to find something that you really dig. Absolutely. A lot of bands covering Irish rock, um, folk, uh, some Great traditional Irish music. Um, Mark Picars is a tenor who's with us today. I know Mark he is does here. Does a lot of Hello, Irish Mark. ballads. How are you? Yeah, so we may Good, we may you? press him for a song, <laughs> um, but a really great mix of everything. Um, and a lot. We also focus on our dance and music schools too. Mm-hmm. So James got his start with the Academy of Irish Music. Oh, okay. And they've been here before. Yes, they have. Um, so we try and make sure that all of the musicians and dancers who practice and perform at the center get a chance to show off and what they do. Very nice. So we obviously music is all around. There's what there are four stages, uh, six, six total, stages. Yeah. So six stages. You've got everything going on, uh, and there's but there's a lot of other things. And we joke about this every year that it's not just people coming and having pints, and it's not just for adults. Everybody is welcome. Families, kids, grandmas, grandpas. Everybody, everybody seems to enjoy. Irish fest. Yeah, I mean it's and it's indoor outdoor, so yes. it's the weather's not an issue. We also have a tea room, so when it gets really hot, people can come inside and and sit down and have tea and scones in a beautiful setting. Like That's where old, I usually yeah. spend my time <laughs> sitting and having tea with my pinky up in a bonnet. <laughs> uh, what we're very excited about the return of uh, photographer Barry Butler. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a really great Chicago photographer. He was born in Wexford but grew up in Chicago, and a lot of his images you see all over Facebook and all over TV news sites. Um, he shoots really great scenes of the river and landscapes so he's yeah, coming back to it's amazing so he's coming back again this year now last year there was a big redhead thing is that happening again this no, year the redheads are taking a break <laughs> there was it, it creeped me out a little bit no offense james uh james got so got a redhead but there were too many redheads last year what yeah. was that? it was like a world they were trying to do a world record thing yeah, yeah. and it was great they were all very nice mm-hmm. but that many redheads in one spot it, it's trouble. It's troubles brewing. There's no doubt about it. That's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah, it just you know they they all were very nice, but I sensed they were plotting something. There was going to be some sort of uh, violent overthrow of the center, and I was not prepared to it. Evil uh, redheads. Yes. Well, listen. I'm not saying evil. I'm just saying uh, perhaps they they've got a few things on their mind. They're they're scheming. That's all. They are. Um, but the wolfhounds are coming back. They we are. We love the Irish wolfhounds. Yeah, they're um, dogs from the. Great Lakes Irish Wolfhound Association, and they come back uh, all weekend, so it's probably about 10 or 15 beautiful dogs, and each day they give a talk about the breed and the unique nature of them, Um, So, and they're very friendly. Yeah. Not like redheads. They're huge. No, I don't think that that, listen, if I I had any doubts that the wolfhounds were trying to overthrow the center, I would put the kibosh on this whole thing, but... I believe they would be the first line of defense <laughs> against if, in fact, uh, thousands of redheads do descend on North Knox Avenue next weekend, as they are wont to do because they, you know, they strengthen numbers. <laughs> the wolfhounds are going to protect us. Yes. Plus, the White Sox street crew is going to be there. So we'll have uh, somebody with a bat will probably be around. And some bagpipers. We can... Pipers will be there. The <laughs> Shannon Rovers. Yes. They're not going to mess around. No. They're not going to put up with any nonsense. No redheads, I don't think, in the Shannon Rovers. <laughs> not that I've seen where they wear the, they wear the hats. So I'm not uh, really privy to their hair colors. But that's So there, there's lots of fun to be had. We, sure. I want to talk about the cultural stuff. Because yes. we talk about the music. We talk, we'll talk about the food and all that stuff, too. But I want to... James is here. And, uh, you know... I. I wanted James to play a little uh, a little music. So he's got... Now, do you call it a tin whistle? You called it a penny whistle before. Is there a difference? Um, the same thing. It's a, it's, it's a, a simple 
like recorder. That's what I was going to ask because you know in grade schools the kids all play recorders yeah. and they kind of look like that. But recorder is actually more complex than the, the penny whistle. It's a six-hole diatonic instrument. This one's in the key of A, and it uh, plays two major scales. And um, the, the trick is to, with ornamentations and and rolls, to to make uh, these simple tunes sound as as pretty as possible. So, can you make one of those simple tunes sound as yes. pretty as possible for us? <laughs> I'll try. Uh, this is a jig called Tom Billy's. Very nice. That's James Conway. JamesConway.net for all James's dates. James and his uh, group, The Boils, will be playing Saturday night at 8 o'clock at the Irish American Heritage Center, part of Irish Fest. The full lineup of bands is at irish-american.org. Uh, a lot of, a lot of, as you mentioned, a lot of bands coming in from Ireland. Some bands that uh, came last year that were big hits. Uh, Tupelo is coming yes. back. Uh, people love Tupelo. The two, the, it's a duo. Yeah, their stage presence is amazing. They do all their own music, for the most part, two guys from Ireland, and they just tear it up. And yeah. they'll be playing twice over the weekend as well. They're really good. And the la the ladies love Tupelo. The ladies Let's do be love honest. Tupelo. The, Tupelo, yeah, there's a yeah. couple of good-looking guys in yes, Tupelo. Last they're great musicians, <laughs> but they're really good-looking guys. Last year, uh, my friends threw me a My birthday is July 5th, and they threw me a surprise party. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. And Tupelo showed up at my really? party. Really? Yeah, and they behaved. Um, Did they? Because they're, they're kind of... Bad boys of yes. Irish yeah. rock and roll. <laughs> sure, they're living up. They're living up to the thing. Who else? Uh, we have a lot of great American and Midwestern yeah. and Chicago groups that are coming. We'll highlight some of them. But who else is coming from Ireland? Uh, the Burn Brothers. And what's great about the Burn Brothers? I believe they might be from Galway, but the age range is it's dad and his three sons, and the age range I think is from ten to about fourteen years old. Really? And they play a, a combi combination of something like ten instruments. Very so nice. they're really cute, and they're amazing. Um, we also have Derek Warfield and the Young Wolf Tones, and Derek is an old staple of, of Irish rebel songs and traditional Irish music, and he's been around probably for, for 40 years. Um, so he's a really great crowd pleaser for all ages. Cool. Um, we also have Rory Makem. Yes, uh, we love in, Rory. Yeah, he's great. He's been in the studio a lot. Um, his father was Tommy Makem, and yep. so he's carrying on this great legacy of storytelling. And, and he and he music. destroys every time, whether he's you see amazing. him at Irish Fest or any time. Rory Rory yes. brings the goods all the time. Yes. So um, I, I stayed St. Stephen's Green. They were with yeah. him. They're coming back. They're You've amazing. got uh, Jim Sullivan and friends. Mm -hmm. uh, the Mark Picars, as we mentioned before, will be seeing. Now, Mark, I'm going to usually uh, a lot of times you are up in the tea room. Right at the. Are you going to be in the tea room this year, or are you going to be? Uh, are you going to be somewhere else? Um. In the tea room? Uh, no, not this year, but uh, in the uh, library, <laughs> the uh, back room whisper. of the library. Yes, on <laughs> the mics are on. Um, Kathy. Hey, Mark, you're gonna be in the library. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Saturday don't, and Sunday. I'm, not, I'm just telling you. <laughs> so what uh, Mark is doing is he's a uh, classically trained tenor. Yes, and he's we, a wonderful, uh, wonderful vocalist. We have a woman, uh, mezzo-soprano, Kira Lyons, with us for the year. Ooh. She's uh, over from Ireland, and we are um, sponsored her visa. And she's singing, and Mark's going to play with her uh, on now, Sunday. Now, when you sponsor her visa, do you does she have to sing, or you send her back? Is that how it works? Is yeah, there well, kind of an you know, indentured servitude? I'm a bit of a gangster, so sure. yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah. I understand. <laughs> yeah, we'll sponsor you. you got to sing at the fest. I don't want it. you got to sing with Mark. Seriously? That's actually kind of how it went down. <laughs> I told her she'd be performing and to go, you know, get ready. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> We're going to talk more about the cultural aspects of Irish Fest, everything you can experience at the Irish American Heritage Center. Irish Fest is next weekend. It is July 12th through the 14th. If you go to irish-american.org, you can get your tickets. If you get tickets now, you save until when When does early bird uh, ticketing uh, end? You know, it's $10 for adults, um, kids 12 and under and free, and then the, the prices go up at the door. Yes, so you so buy your ticket now. Absolutely. 10 bucks. And for all the entertainment you're getting, cheap at three times the price. Uh, James Conway is in the studio. He'll play some more. Mark Picars is here. Perhaps he will sing. His indentured servant is not with us, so perhaps I don't know if that works, if he could sing without her. But all of that we will find out on the other side. It's WGN. That's James Conway on 720 WGN. James and his band, The Boils, will be playing Irish Fest Saturday night, uh, July 13th at 8 o'clock. Irish Fest, of course, next weekend, uh, July 12th through the 14th at the Irish American Heritage Center. The Irish American Heritage Center is, of course, at 4626 North Knox Avenue. If you go to irish-american.org, you can get all the information, all the lineups, all the tickets. Kathy O'Neill is here from the Irish American Heritage Center. Mark Picars is here. He will also be performing at Irish Fest. And uh, James Conway, as I mentioned, if you want all of James's dates, jamesconway.net. There, we got all the plugs in. All right. So we're talking about we talk about the music, always fun. We know there's a, we know there's going to be a place to get a beer or two at Irish Fest. That's the beauty, and I, I've said this to anybody who'll listen. A lot of times you go to a fest, and you're walking a long way to find the music, and then once you find the music, you got to figure out. Oh, now I got to find where the beer is. The beauty of Irish Fest is, no matter where you turn, you're either facing a music stage or a beer tent. And they're usually in very close proximity, so you don't have to miss your favorite musicians while you get yourself a drink. And that is not that is not playing into a stereotype. It is beautiful planning. Oh, it's, yeah. it's great fest planning to so people can enjoy what they're there for and they don't have to travel and there's never there's never huge lines for anything. As crowded as the fest gets, because of the way it's laid out, because of the amount of uh, thought that you and the committee put into Irish Fest, it's a great flow. And everything works perfectly. It is. We re- we realize that people really do love the music um, and, and want to get a good view and yeah. also want to have a beer. So, um, and a lot happens in that parking lot. You know, yes. it's a it's a it's an old school and it's a giant, eighty six thousand square foot building. Jeez. 
and that's why we have six stages. You know, yeah. if you want to go inside and, and catch a band and then you can go and get, go watch some step dancing in the auditorium, go up to our second floor, which is our arts wing. Yes. And what goes on up there? Because it, it's not only during Irish Fest, but Irish Fest is a great time to showcase what the center does the entire year. Yes, we have a museum, an art gallery, and a library up on the second floor. Beautiful. Okay. Um, so we aim to to have programming all weekend on the second floor. So if you hit the second floor, you can go to the tea room and get a cup of tea and a scone and head down the other end and take in a language lesson or a genealogy uh, workshop in the library. Okay. We also have quilting and spinning de- uh, demonstrations so people can come in and watch uh, Beautiful. people creating art. Um Again, Barry Butler in in the uh, art gallery. And also at the end of the hallway, we have musicians all weekend long from these schools playing these little pop-up performances. Nice. So kids from any age from about 10 to about 18 just playing in the hallway as you come down the hallway. Is Mike Austin giving Bauron lessons again? He is. He's going to be giving lessons on Saturday. Very nice. Yes. Right before the boils play. Yes. How are your lessons going? Uh, you know, pretty good. <laughs> I can, you know, the polka, James, the polka is what kills me. <laughs> I can do every. I can do jigs and reels and 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 everything else. I can't the polka. Well, you're just, in good hands with Mike Austin. Yeah, he's he does a very nice job. Uh, all right, so there's all this culture on the second floor. Mm-hmm. You can take a break. Uh, there's also crafts uh, shops. People love to spend money at fest, so they, there's all kinds of places for them to spend money. They do. We have probably about twenty five or thirty vendors, and that's everything from about six food vendors. With selling things like fish and chips and shepherd's pie and even something called the Irish egg roll, which doesn't really sound good, but oh, it is. Oh, it is delicious. <laughs> yes. It's got uh, sauerkraut and yeah. cabbage or uh, corned beef in there. It's a whole man. And then our gift shop is open and they have really great gifts. And also... Uh, if you know what else they sell at the gift shop? Tatoes! You know what? First of all... First of all... First of all... Get your tatoes at Irish Fest. So Don't you, yell it. Do you want to tell what happened? You, you uh... Sure. I, I, you know, uh, there was they, Conan O'Brien. It goes back to Conan yeah. O'Brien. And Conan O'Brien did a thing when he went in the gift shop and he went crazy on tatoes. And so he would scream, tatoes. Yeah. And then it became a thing where people would walk into the uh, gift shop and yell, tatoes. <laughs> to the point where uh, the, the people who run the gift shop, very nice people, yeah, very they're friendly, lovely, they're yeah. hardworking, they're lovely, they don't have a sense of humor. Um, <laughs> because they had put up a sign that said, please don't yell, tatoes. <laughs> well, I don't respond well to handwritten signs in black Sharpie. So I, of course, yelled Tato, and then I came on this show, and I lambasted them for having the handwritten they, sign. Uh, they love that. <laughs> I they, know did. they did. They love the shout-out. But um, so Then they took the sign down. They did. They Which did. is good. Um, <laughs> so they're open all weekend. Uh, we also have about 15 <laughs> or 20 vendors selling, you know, T-shirts, the big old sweat people will buy the Irish sweaters during oh, yeah, the summer. Uh, jewelry and CDs, um, books so it's just a really great mix of people out there selling what they make for a living too so it is wonderful handmade items as well so all right so friday the hours are uh six to midnight saturday the hours are uh noon to midnight sunday the hours are uh noon to 11 p.m but if you come a little bit early uh some people like to come out for the mass which sure. is a really beautiful mass with father scott donahue from uh, mercy home yes. for boys and girls who's I, our one of our yes, uh, hall he was of inducted, famers. To the, yes. inducted into the hall of fame this and year. our uh, irish heritage singers our choir so they do this beautiful outdoor mass on our main stage very nice yeah and that's That'll at 10 30 so. uh and here's the thing one you don't have to be irish to attend in no. fact we would prefer if you're not irish because then you will be even more envious of the people who are Irish. So come. Uh, come and enjoy. And we always need volunteers. 
We always do. need volunteers at the fest. You and uh, your wife are some of our best volunteers. Well, not no, not so. There's a lot well, of real. We volunteer, but we are nowhere <laughs> near the best volunteers. But we do. If and if you go to irish-american.org, you can volunteer. There's a lot of different ways to volunteer. You can sell tickets. You can sell beer tickets. Yes. You can help with T-shirts. You can do all sorts of things. They're short shifts, and they're all through the fest. So if you're thinking, eh, maybe I, you know, maybe I want to volunteer, you get a free T-shirt. Plus, you get access to the volunteer room. It's yeah. It's you get really some nice. free sandwiches. We do take care of our volunteers, and there may or may not be a keg in there. I'm not. Gonna... I'm going to lean toward May, uh, <laughs> but so that it, you get a little something. You're not you're not working for nothing. No, it's a short shift, and we need all the volunteers we can get. And it's a really nice way to to um, get involved. And yeah. it's three hours long, and then you get to hang out and see right. all the bands. And you meet really cool people. Everybody's very friendly, mm-hmm. uh, and it's and it's easy. That's the yeah. thing. You come it's in. Easy. They're not making you. You know. You're not uh, picking up tents. You're no. not. You know, you're not being a roadie for James and the Boils. You know, having to carry in Mike Austin's eighty-seven Bowrons and his Kenyan drums and all the other stuff that he brings with him to a gig. It's very simple. You don't have to get Mark Picard's tea, which is you know. Yeah, that's he's what the, he you should see his rider. I oh, can't imagine gosh. up there. Uh, speaking of Mark Picard, would you like to do? Would you favor us with a uh, with a little something? I'd be happy to. All right. Oh, have you been to Avondale and lingered in her lovely vale where tall trees whisper all the tale of Avondale's proud eagle? Where pride and ancient glory fade, such was the land where he was laid. Like Christ was thirty pieces paid for Avondale's proud eagle. Long years that green and lovely glade have nursed Parnell our grandest gale, and cursed the land that has betrayed fair Avondale's proud eagle. Mark Picard's ladies and gentlemen. Keep working on it. You'll get it. You'll get it one of these days. That's it. You know, it's nice to see a kid working on his talents. That, that was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Mark always sings at the uh, hall. He sings at a lot of uh, a lot of events all over, but at the Heritage Center, he always sings the national anthems for the uh, Hall of Fame induction and brings the house Indeed. down. So yes. does a wonderful job. Uh, all right. So did we forget anything? Did we forget? Did we forget that people need to buy their Irish Fest tickets early to get a discount? Yes. Uh, buy them in advance because they go up $5 at the door. And also, um, if you're planning on driving, yes. you can take the shuttle. So we encourage people to drive toward the building, and there'll be parking attendants. And if there's no parking... They send you a couple blocks away to Wilson and Lamont, okay. and then you take the shuttle runs all weekend back and forth, and that's free. Yeah, and it's a it's it's great. Come on up; it's family friendly. Uh, bring the kids early. Sometimes the kids go home later in the afternoon. Then you can stay and have a little fun. Uh, it's everything you want. The White Sox are going to be there with the road crew. The uh, Wolfhounds are going to be there. There's wonderful culture on the second floor. There's six stages of music. There's uh, food and beverage and crafts and vendors. And it is all happening at the Irish American Heritage Center, which is at 4626 North Knox Avenue in Chicago. Right out, Is that the blue line? Yeah, the blue line. Or you can take the uh, Lawrence bus. It's very, it's easily accessible. So you can have a you know you can have a pint or two if you want. You just hop on the L, go back home. It's fine. Uh, you will hear wonderful music, including that of James Conway and the Boyles. They will be playing on Saturday night at eight o'clock at the uh, at Irish Fest. So go to jamesconway.net to get all of James's tour dates. Mark Picars will be there. He will be singing in the library. That's what we heard whispered to him uh, with his indentured servant. Uh, so Mark will be singing. Go upstairs, check out Mark. 
Have a wonderful time. Irish Fest, July 12th through the 14th at the Irish American Heritage Center, irish-american.org for all the information. Kathy O'Neill, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me back. James, thank you for coming in. James you, Conway, Brian. Mark thank Picars. You. Thank you. Uh, it, has been, uh, it has been wonderful. I will see everybody there on Saturday, so uh, get out to Irish Fest. All right, uh, it is time for the news, isn't it, Cody? Sure it is. Chicago stories told 24-7 on 720 WGN Chicago. Smart speaker users just say play WGN Radio on TuneIn. It is 6 o'clock, and with the news, here's Roger Baddick. Brian Noonan, 720 WGN. Here until 7 o'clock, then it's uh, Karen Conti's time on the radio. Uh, unfortunately, most of us are going to be affected in some way by cancer. The H Foundation is one of the top private nonprofit organizations in the nation dedicated to funding early stage scientific research. They have a huge fundraiser uh, gala coming up. And the founder and one of the founders and the president of the H Foundation, John Rott, is in studio with me. John, thanks for coming in. Welcome. Good to see you. Thanks for having me, Brian. So I see this uh, this Goombay bash, and uh, and a lot of a lot of times when uh, a charity has a has a gala, they're very formal. It seems very stuffy. You know, people are wearing tuxes and gowns, and they're they're doing great work. They're raising money. The Goombay bash, which is happening Saturday, July twenty seventh, at the Aon Grand Ballroom at Navy Pier, a little more casual. Absolutely, it's just a lot more of our our personality. Those of us who founded this, so. Yeah, we modeled ourselves after that typical black tie. We have the, the live auction and the silent auctions and those things, but uh, we call ourselves the Ungala. The Ungala, I like it. So Caribbean theme, shorts, sandals, sundresses, casual, fun. Very nice. All right, let's, uh, let's get to this uh, because you are the president and one of the founders. How did you come? I, I'm guessing it's not a uh, pleasant story how you came to decide to fund the H Foundation. Yeah, absolutely. Nine, 19 years ago, uh, I own a small business out in LaGrange, Illinois, Horton's Lighting. Okay. We have Ace Hardware out there, and uh, one of our associates there, good friend, 31 years old, was diagnosed with breast cancer. And when you're a small business, you know, we have that, that family culture. And really, the H Foundation started as a, it's a, was a fundraiser that became a foundation, okay. a way for our Horton's team to cope with uh, dealing with uh, one of our good friends who had been touched. Yeah, it's and when when it starts when it starts as a fundraiser, what's the what's the road to become this foundation that is now 19th year having this uh, the Goombay Bash this ungala? That's a that's a long time, and and I'm I would imagine the growth of a foundation is a difficult process. It really is. Uh, I think one of the things that makes us very unique is the fact that we are so grassroots. Okay. So f- for the first. 14 or 15 years, we were literally all volunteer. Uh, friends, family, um, really supported by the management team at our store, and um, just really all of us doing our part on top of everything else that we had, you know, that's part of our life. And so at one point, this thing became something much more than we ever thought it was going to be. As I said, you know, we thought we'd have a fundraiser, help everyone deal with it, and then there was just something different about our event, something different about that casual um, type of environment that, that people loved. And so at one point, uh, we actually had to hire an executive director so that we could become a full-time foundation at a couple other events and continue to raise money. And 
nine million dollars later, here we are. Yeah, that's quite an impressive number. Nine million dollars for clinical studies at the uh, Lurie Comprehensive Cancer Center of Northwestern. Uh, you've earned over sixty-six million in additional grants based on uh, some break- breakthrough discoveries that uh, your money has helped fund. There, the the experts say that early early detection, early uh, early stage thing that that's the most important, right? Yeah, that's how we started supporting basic science cancer research. So we support research very early on in the research process. We're kind of like private equity for researchers. Okay. So um, we'll support their research so that they can get it to a certain level that they then can compete for other public and private grants. Okay. And so that's how our $9 million um, gets uh, up to $66 million in, in other money for cancer research. So you've got scientists coming to you, doctors, and th- who say they're, they're giving you proposals saying this is what we think is going to happen. But we're, we're at the infancy of our research, but we think if we can continue our research, it will get to this point. And then you guys give them enough the, through grants to get them to the point. And then, as you said, then they can go for the big money that will hopefully then generate a cure or at least good steps toward a cure. Exactly. And I think that's why uh, we work so closely with the Robert Lurie Cancer Center. Um, there was just nobody funding this part of the research process. Um, to the best of our ability, we are the largest private um, funding for basic science research, cancer research in the country and possibly even the world. Well, see, I'm sure people don't don't realize that because, you know, if you're if you're not involved as you are with the H Foundation or if you're not you know, a doctor, you don't realize that all this research, everything starts with an idea. And if that idea can't be fertilized and, and grown, then it's, there's no hope. So it's, it's great to have somebody, uh, some organizations like yours that are going to say, we think this, we think this idea has some potential. So we want to give you at least a chance to get to a point where somebody else can see it. So uh, you use the word fertilize, which is kind of a key, uh, one, you know, there was a leap of faith when we started. So when you're funding research so early on in the process, it was five, six, seven years before we saw some of the results of the money that we were... Uh, oh, yeah. yeah I, would, I forgot. It does take a long time, does it? It, it really does. But one of our very early grants, $25,000, went to uh, a doctor, Dr. Woodruff, who actually started a whole other area of cancer uh, research. So, you know, men could bank sperm young men, yeah. you know, when they were uh, diagnosed... Um, but young women didn't have that opportunity. And so she came up with a way to uh, harvest eggs so that they could then uh, store them and yeah. really give young women hope. And so, you know, when you're a local business owner and you start a fundraiser that becomes a foundation and then you're able to be a part of giving young women hope and our $25,000 then turned into over $21 million. Wow a $21 million grant, which was the largest grant they had ever gotten at that time. And then a few years later, I got to go to an event and see the first five babies that were born. It, you know, it, it still gives me goosebumps. That, that's, that's amazing. That it just, it, because, uh, like you said, if you, you get into this for personal reasons, and now you see that, wow, it's grown. I can't, I can't imagine the feeling of pride that you must have. Yeah, it's actually humbling to me. I, yeah. I get... As the president, I get way too much credit for what an amazing group of people, really almost all volunteers, and the, the time they put into this. And you know, the other part that, that's really humbling to me is we, we use the mantra that cancer is personal yeah. because it really is personal to everybody. And 
it doesn't matter age, race, tax bracket. And so, you know, there's a group of uh, young kids, they call themselves the Cancer Smashers, who started out of the H Foundation because they used to come with their parents and help set up the, the event. And now there's, you know, for probably six or seven years, there's these kids from eight years old to, to high school age that are uh, also raising money for cancer research, doing their own thing. It's amazing. The Goombay Bash is put on by the H Foundation. It is the 19th annual Goombay Bash. It is happening Saturday, July 27th, 5 p.m. to midnight at the Aon Grand Ballroom at Navy Pier. If you go to GoombayBash.com, you can get your tickets. You can find out all about the H Foundation. You can find out all about the work they do. Uh, All right, let's talk a little bit more about the nuts and bolts of this non-gala because it sounds like a fun night. People are always... People are always looking for uh, good causes. They want to they wanna back, the, back the good cause. But in the middle of July, you don't want to put on a tux. You know, it, it's, it's hot. It's sweaty. You, you, you want to go somewhere where you can dress kind of like I'm dressed right now, in a Tommy Bahama shirt and some shorts, and, <laughs> and go and, and be comfortable but still do good. Absolutely. And it's just such a fun night. And, you know, where else do you hold a Caribbean themed fundraiser than out Navy Pier Navy Pier at the Grand Ballroom right nice so uh, the night uh, as I said earlier we have you know live auction silent auction we have ways for anyone touched by the disease to participate we'll have 1100 plus people out there at the end of the pier Uh, the night ends and you know we claim the fireworks for the night so we have this great fireworks display that uh, that ends the night and uh, you know, last year and last couple of years, we raised over seven hundred thousand uh, dollars in one night. That that's amazing. All right. So, what kind? You said there's silent auctions. What kind of items can people bid on? Do you know? Uh, we do a lot of vacations. We do a lot of sports tickets and yeah. events. We've uh, had a, a lot of generous uh, people uh, help support us in that way. And there's uh, celebrity guests. Who go? Uh, any uh, hints on celebrity guests? So this year's celebrity guest is a little bit of a surprise, but I can tell you oh. that uh, I can tell you for sure that George Wentz coming back in. Very nice. He's been a big supporter for quite a while. Very cool. Uh, most people refer to him as Norm. Norm, sure. Exactly. Um, but uh, a lot of uh, local sports uh, athletes and such will be there. Very cool. It's it's got to be an an easy sell to a point to try to get try to get these athletes involved because celebrities and athletes, you know. A lot of people look at them and go, ah, oh, they're pampered. They, you know, they're making all this money, blah, blah, blah. And they want to do some, and they, you know, unlike, you know, there's a lot of business people who have money that they want to give, but a lot of athletes have that money too. And they're looking for good causes. It's amazing, Brian. It's the same story, right? Cancer is personal. Right. So it touches them just like it yeah. touches us. So Jeremy Roenick was our, uh, our, uh, guest celebrity last year. Okay. And, you know, he got up there and talked about his mother-in-law and then of course, uh, Enzo. Yes. Eddie Olchek, so uh, both had touched him very, very closely. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those diseases, like I said, if, you, if you've been blessed to not be diagnosed, you there's a really good chance you know somebody. And with all the different varieties, somebody you know is uh, is affected. And then that affects not only that person, but their family as well. So the work you're doing is unbelievable. Uh, $10,000 prize raffle. Yes. Uh, that's always good. 50, People want to buy those uh, tickets. Fifty dollar ticket, only a thousand sold. So fi- we'll raise fifty thousand uh, dollars, and ten thousand will be the prize. Perfect. And there's food. Great food. This year we're featuring a Caribbean pig roast. Ooh, 
See, something goes, new goes with the theme exactly i like it very nice uh then as you mentioned the fireworks you've got the live auction we talked about all of that uh every year for the goombe bash you guys pick an honorary chair we do uh who is this year's honorary chair and why was that person selected this year's honorary chair is Def- jeff davis um a somebody that i got to meet last year who came to the goombe for the first time as a friend of somebody else who had been touched by cancer and as it turned out uh jeff's wife was diagnosed and uh he lost, he lost his wife. And so this is the first time we were honoring uh, a caregiver because as I think you mentioned already, Brian, you know, when you're touched, it's not just the person who is diagnosed with cancer, right. who's affected by the disease, but it's everybody in their life. Yeah. And so Jeff has a, just a uh, tremendous story of hope and support and um, just his way to honor his wife by uh, getting involved at the uh, event this year and sharing his story. That's very cool. Now you mentioned you mentioned before that you're humbled, uh, and and again I'm talking to John Rod. He's the president of the H Foundation. Their Goombe Bash is happening uh, the 27th of July at the Aon Grand Ballroom at Navy Pier. If you go to GoombeBash.com, you can get all the information and buy your tickets. Uh, you mentioned being humbled by you know that as the president you get all this praise and blah blah. Besides being humbled, are you ever, uh, it's got to be surprising sometimes to just go, wow, as you mentioned a couple times, this started out as just a fundraiser at a, for a local staff member at, y- at your workplace, and now you're bringing in $9 million for research, you know, and $700,000 at a night for, <laughs> with, a, with a, a bash. It, it's amazing. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it, it really does. It, it, it really is humbling. It's amazing. Um, when we started this, I never thought I'd be leading a foundation that that is really making a difference. And there is no doubt, Brian, that we are making a difference. Yeah. And we're making a difference in the world of cancer. We're making a difference in a lot of people's lives. When you talk to these uh, the, the, the scientists and the doctors... Is there any, I mean, with so many different kinds of cancer, what, what are they saying as they look forward? Is there, are they optimistic? I mean, obviously they're, they're driven and they're, they're devoted, but are they also optimistic that, yes, we think, we think we're on the right path? They really are. And the one thing that they've shared with me that, you know, I didn't understand that, you know, I'm a hardware and lighting guy. Yeah. So I, I didn't really know anything about uh, cancer and cancer research when we started this. But the one thing that they've shared with me is that, Cancer gets lumped all together, but there's really over 200 different types of cancer. So they keep making great inroads and diagnosis and early diagnosis and treatments and and drugs and and all of those types of things in many of the different types of cancer. Um, But there's still work that needs to be done. Very nice. I think I think we're being joined by Jeff Davis. Is this Jeff Davis? Hi, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Good. Uh, let's Good. How take. Are you? I am well. You know what? Let's take a real quick break. We'll come back. We'll meet Jeff. We uh, John had been telling us a little bit about why you were uh, chosen to be the honorary chair this year, but we want to talk to you and get to know your story a little bit more. Again, the nineteenth annual Goombe Bash is happening Saturday, July twenty seventh, from five to midnight at the Aon Grand Ballroom at Navy Pier. If you go to GoombeBash.com, you can get all the information. You can get tickets. Uh, there's general admission tickets, VIP. P admission and if you want to buy a table sure you can buy a table you can uh, get a table of 10 there's a, there's always room to buy tables am i right there's always room for more always room to get people in there we'll talk a little bit more about the bash and we will meet uh, jeff davis the honorary chair of the 19th annual goombe bash john rott has been here he is the president and one of the founders of the h foundation more with the guys on the other side it's wgn we 
are talking with John Rott. He is the president and one of the founders of the H Foundation. The H Foundation's 19th annual Goombay Bash is happening on July 27th from 5 to midnight at the Aon Grand Ballroom at Navy Pier. If you go to GoombayBash.com, that's G-O-O-M-B-A-Y, Bash.com, you can get all the information about not only the H Foundation, but about the Goombay Bash, about all the uh, the wonderful things that the foundation is doing, where the money is going, and uh, different events that they have throughout the year. Now, we mentioned when John and I were talking earlier that uh, there's an honorary chair every year, and this year's honorary chair is Jeff Davis. And Jeff has joined us. Uh, traffic was uh, traffic was not your friend this afternoon. Jeff. No, it was not. But uh, you know, you you gotta love and root for our both of our good uh, major league teams here. So there you go. Well, we're glad you made it. And I know John John kind of briefly shared your story of how you not only got involved in the H Foundation, but how you became uh, this year's honorary chair. Uh, kind of refresh, how did, how did this come to be? It's- you know, I, I came to last year's Goombay. Um, last year's honorary chair is a very good friend of mine. I work with him through our affiliation with Home Depot. And Gary Raybine's a great friend. He invited us to come and sit at his table and then... I had been in the process of putting together a foundation in the name of my wife, Jill, who passed away um, just about 20 months ago um, from pancreatic cancer. Um, She, uh, as I say, was my Haley's Comet, and uh, basically we had the best marriage I think I've ever seen two people have. So I said, I need to get involved with this organization. And I started bugging Courtney and saying, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? I want to play a part and I want to help do this. My background in the past was working in um, not-for-profits. Oh, okay. I used to work for Mustard District Association back in the day. So this isn't my first time doing this, but I want to bring a fresh awareness to the fact that cancer is... John is so right. Cancer is very personal to everyone that cancer touches. And my wife and I were together for 25 years plus. Um, We have four great children that range from 32 down to my youngest, which is now going to be 18 this October. My two boys were 15 and 19 when they passed away, when my wife passed away. Um, My wife was only 52 when she passed away. Um, Ironically, I'm walking in a parallel universe because my wife lost her mother at age 15 when my wife was 15, and her mother was 53, and her mother passed away from ovarian cancer. So it's come to the point in the conclusion that when you have one in three people that are going to be affected by cancer in one shape or another, it means a lot. And we need to look at this as terms of an epidemic proportion, not just a social program. Well, yeah, when John brought up the number that uh, they told with over 200 different types of cancer, that's that's an astronomical number that I'm with you. I would have never guessed that that high because we hear about certain kinds and I hate to say the big cancers, but you know what I mean. You know, so we hear about those. We don't hear the litany of other cancers that are out there. And that's the kind of work that the H Foundation is helping to fund research to, to fight all of those. And it's a, it's a wonderful cause. And again, if you want to help out the H Foundation's 19th annual Goombay Bash, it is a 
ungala, a non-gala. You want to dress casual and help out? This is the perfect way to do it. Saturday, July 27th, 5 to midnight at the Aon Grand Ballroom at Navy Pier. You know where Navy Pier is. I don't have to tell you it's at 840 East Grand Avenue. Head to the lake, look for the pier. That's where, that, that's where you go. Goombaybash.com. You, uh, you can get your tickets. You can get all the information. You can find out about the other events that the H Foundation does. You can't go to the bash, but you want to donate? Perfect. You can donate on the website as well. Uh, there's a new thing happening at this year's Goombay Bash for people, a way to uh, to commemorate their loved ones. Sure. Anyone who'd like to honor somebody that either they've lost or who's fighting, still fighting, or who's beat it, um, for a simple $25 uh, donation, we'll be putting up uh, palm trees around the, around the ballroom. Very nice. That's perfect. So you can do that. I know, Jeff, you said you picked up a couple palm You ordered a couple palm trees yesterday. I picked up a couple palm trees yesterday. I, I believe in uh, not only helping us to raise money, but spending my own money on the same organization. Perfect. Um, I've got quite a bit of our, our, our friends and, and foes from uh, my world of, of work into sponsoring and co-sponsoring. And, um, you know, it doesn't matter about the size of the donation. It, it matters that we ask for everyone to help. Right. And that's that's it. If you can't, like I said, there's different uh, there's different tickets. There's a general admission VIP. You can buy a table. You can, you can buy a palm tree. You can just make a donation. Anything helps. So please go to GoombayBash.com. Try to get to the uh, the gala. It sounds the ungala. It sounds phenomenal. Five p.m. to midnight at the Anne Grand Ballroom on July twenty seventh. Uh, again, thank you very much, Jeff Davis, for coming in, and John Rott for coming in. I appreciate it. Good luck with the event, and uh, keep fighting the good fight. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right, let's do this. Then it's news time. Seven twenty. WGN. Ugh. I'm not a fan of this bump music. Don't get upset. Don't get offended. Brian Noonan, 720 WGN. All right, that's a little bit. Little white stripes. Something. I can play a mashup if you want. We could do that one of these good, deals. Yeah. But we just get this. I love it. Crank it up. I had a cookie. I'm all sugared up. I'm standing up. Wow, that's obnoxious. All right. <laughs> We're here for a little while. <laughs> What the heck was? It's a, it's a musical mashup. That's oh. where we play. That's we. Cody had five different uh, pieces of music playing at one time, because nothing says annoying like five pieces of music <laughs> playing at one time uh, by men who have uh, <laughs> nothing better cookies. to do. Yeah, we, no, we got a lot. I'm sure we have. A, listen, we've been doing. Oh, we've been doing you, God's work. This is a great show here. We listen, Roger. I know a lot of people think we just come in here and fly by the seat of our pants, yeah. but that's not true. No. I fly by the seat of Cody's pants, and he is always eyeballing mine because they are sweet. <laughs> All right. I have had more Starbucks in the last week than I have in the last six months because my daughter Molly is, uh, was home, and she enjoys uh, she enjoys paying way too much. She has not uh, inherited her father's, uh, some would say, uh, chintziness. I would say frugality. frugality. Yes. Yeah. I, I have a hard time paying $6 for a cup of coffee, and I know that makes me sound like an old person, and you know what? I am an old person, but I make lovely coffee at home that I order from New Orleans because I'm not that old. So we have our... Is that with the chicory in it? Like no, it? I don't have the chicory because oh, okay. Debbie doesn't like it. Okay. I like okay. the chicory, but I do have my I do have my coffee flown in, Roger, because uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not a peasant. I'm a... <laughs> I have, you know, a man needs some creature comforts. Yes. And honestly, it's because I, I they there's no shipping charge, 
and it gets here like the next day, and it's just it's the same price as if I bought coffee at the at Jewel. Nice. So I can get the coffee I like and feel you know feel like a big shot. Oh, did you order the coffee yet? Has it come? Has it come from Louisiana? <laughs> Because nothing says coffee. It's not like I'm having Juan Valdez actually deliver the coffee to my house on a burrow. I'm, I'm, that would take I, a little longer. It might. <laughs> but it would be, listen, imagine the how wonderful that would taste. Oh, my. Juan just picks the beans and he's roasting yeah. them on the way and um, gets to my house. And then we yeah. grind them up, have one cup of coffee, and I send him back to get me more. Because I only have to bring up enough <laughs> to make a pot at a time. Because I don't want it to get stale. So, so anyway, I drink my coffee at home. Uh, suffice it to say, yeah. Molly's home, so we, you know, every t- we're out a couple times. She wants a Starbucks, and and you know, I don't see her that often, so I'll, you know, I'll treat her every once in a while. But That's nice. I don't know if you remember about, about a year ago, Starbucks had a little incident because in one of the stores they um, they called the police on some African American gentlemen mm-hmm. who were sitting there. Turns out they were just waiting for their friend to show up, but the Starbucks manager uh, went a little crazy, called the police, and that turned into a big thing. Uh, That was in April. So now, the other day, in Tempe, Arizona, and I know you could say a lot of people uh, people get crazy because of the heat in Arizona, and that would be true. Have you ever spent time in Arizona, Cody? I, like, cut through on a road trip. That was about it. Yeah, that's probably best. Roger, you were in Nevada. That was close to Arizona. Yeah, we made a couple of side trips, like a weekend jaunt uh, to Arizona on behalf of the radio station, the last one I worked at there. Sure, yeah. You got to take the uh, the fan van over to Arizona, yeah. watch the tires melt right into the pavement. <laughs> There's no reason. Uh, and, and I know the whole joke. Well, it's a dry heat. Yeah, so is another. No, okay. Not at 120 ask, degrees. Yeah, ask Hansel and Gretel. It is, uh, you throw that witch in Arizona, she's mm-hmm. going to burn just as much as she does in the oven. Yeah. Anyway, Tempe, Arizona, uh, there were some uh, police officers, six police officers. They were in the Starbucks drinking coffee, minding their own business, and an employee came up and asked them to leave because, because a customer in the Starbucks, quote, did not feel safe with the police officers in there. Mm. So they now the barista, which is a made-up term for coffee jockey. Mm-hmm. The barista knew one of these police officers because that police officer is a regular in that Starbucks. A regular, meaning they're there all the time. And I point, I point out the obvious to accentuate the absurdity of what happened. Mm-hmm. So the barista asks these officers, uh, says, "Hey." Uh, you know, uh, could you move out of the customer's line of sight or just leave the store because this customer uh, doesn't feel safe with you in the store? Now, it doesn't say um, if the uh, the customer who didn't feel safe, uh, what their nationality was or what mm-hmm. their race was, doesn't say what the race of the police officers are. Right. It just says that there was a customer who did not feel safe with the police drinking coffee. I'm sorry, but really the only people who usually don't feel safe around police are people who are doing something wrong. Uh, if I see, I actually, and now granted, I know there's going to, you know what, uh, there's a lot of white privilege in what you're about to say. I'm going to, I'll preface it. If I'm sitting in a place and there's a lot of police officers, I probably feel safer because I know nobody's going to try to rob it. You know? Makes sense. Um, I understand Different communities have different relationships with the police. But I, I'm hard-pressed to think of 
when those interactions happen, when both people, uh, both the police and the citizenry are sitting having a cup of coffee. Normally, those interactions happen on the street or uh, when something else is happening. And I understand, again, they don't all go how they should go. But in this situation, why on earth is a barista taking taking it upon themselves to ask police to leave because somebody doesn't feel safe? Well, as you can imagine, the Tempe Police, uh, the officer, Tempe Officers Association, very upset by this. Um, their president said it became uh, it's become accepted to not trust or see police and think that we're not here to serve you. And again, it goes back to we take great pride of the level of customer service we provide to citizens. To be looked at as feeling unsafe when you have law enforcement around you is somewhat perplexing to me. It's perplexing to me as well. Uh, a Starbucks spokesperson, also a little bit perplexed. They told a uh, Tempe TV station, we have deep respect for the Tempe police and their service to the community. We've reached out to the Tempe Police Department and Tempe Officers Association to better understand what happened and apologize. We want everyone in our stores to feel welcome. And the incident described is not indicative of what we want any of our customers to feel in our stores. I I just, I don't, I don't get how that happens. The, now, the police officers didn't cause a fuss. They got up and they left. Um... Again, we don't know who the who the people are that were involved in this. But to say to tell somebody you don't feel safe because the police are having a cup of coffee just seems weird to me. It just it, and now Roger, you worked for a coffee company back yes, in the I day. Did, yeah. Uh I don't know if we can say the name. Sure, but, you uh, can. sure. So did I, Jean. by the way. Oh yeah, you worked for Starbucks, Cody. You were a barista. Sure did. All right. Made up coffee jockey man. Uh <laughs> let me ask you this, Cody. If there was a police uh, hypothetically, because you haven't worked for Starbucks in uh, about six weeks. How long has it been? It's been a while. It's been like 12 years. 12 years. Yeah, wow. sure, you gave, sure, he gave up a lucrative Starbucks barista career to come here and hitch his wagon to this star. He's never is, regretted it since. Well, he's regretted it every day since, but, uh, you know, Starbucks, <laughs> Starbucks, unlike a lot of places, once you leave, you can't come back. Oh, I You can't be that. the prodigal barista. Oh. They don't take people back. You jump ship for a big radio career. Yeah. Sorry. You're not double latte in anybody. That's just the way it goes. You're not grande, venti, made-up word uh, coffee drinks. <laughs> Can you imagine, Cody, when you were baristaing, ever asking police officers to leave your premises? I can't imagine ever asking anybody to leave. I mean, right. a couple people, you know, if they're obviously a derelict and there's trouble, then yeah. I love obvious derelicts better than just uh, <laughs> random, <laughs> hazy hidden, derelicts. Hidden derelicts. You know, I mean, I didn't really interact with a lot of police officers in my few months as a stint of a barista, but I, my understanding was that it, I think that Starbucks and several other locations and many other uh, food service locations in general, they'll comp police officers like coffee or, or certain foods or beverages because it's nice to have police officers stop by your establishment because, again, yes. it's kind of keeps your place safe a little bit. Like, I'm probably not going to get jacked by somebody that's familiar with my store <laughs> if I know that cops are coming in every couple hours getting that, their coffee. That's my point. I think any business is, you know, as long as... As long as it's not like something out of a movie where the cops are putting the touch on somebody to give them free coffee or free stuff, when, and I don't, I don't think that happens. I'm, sh I'm sure there's a lot of rules. That's why I said like a TV show. But you know, if I'm a, if I'm a manager and owner of a business, 
and I see the police are comfortable enough to come in my place, like you said, that's going to give me a little extra sense of security. Because, listen, police officers are just like you and I. If we become accustomed to a place, that becomes our place to go, whether it's a place for coffee or a place for a sandwich or wherever. And then, you know, not that they're going to prioritize that establishment over others, but they're, they have a vested interest just like everybody else. So to, to say... To say you don't feel safe. Now, they haven't, uh, they have not uh, talked to this employee yet. There's nothing, uh, nothing that has come out about this barista, if this barista will still have their job. But I would imagine Starbucks seemed to me like a place, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Cody, because you work there. There's uh, that they have, they have manuals. You know, they, they seem to like a place that has rules and guidelines and everything would be step by step. But I think most places are like that. Yeah, I don't know. It wasn't heavily legislated in the Starbucks code what to do in a situation to ask somebody to leave. I mean, the, right. One of the number one principles of working at Starbucks was putting partners first. So yes. like if you as an employee, partners are how they refer to their baristas and their employees. Right. So if I'm a barista and I feel uncomfortable, I can turn to my manager and say, look, I don't want this person here. The manager will ask that person to leave. Is okay. the Starbucks the primary code? So my suspicion is perhaps this barista uh, shared in that sentiment that but they claim the customer had. Doesn't there have to be some justification for that? If you're a, uh, an irrational barista who, you know, let's, and I'm theorizing here, but let's say this barista's uh, brother or the barista themselves had been arrested for whatever crime. And so now they have a thing against cops. Well, are you never going to let a police officer drink in your Starbucks because this partner has a vendetta? Against the police, and you're the manager. At some point, you gotta go. Hey, uh, barista, shut up. Yeah, the police are drinking here. There's a lot of hypotheticals. I, I but at the bottom line is that the, that the baristas are supposed to feel comfortable in the environment. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I know you kind of joked about it earlier. The the white privilege thing, and yes. like I certainly do see the side that there are many people. But I, I think too. in the context of this situation, it still doesn't make sense to ask cops to leave. Right, and listen. What what happens between police officers and people on the street is there's a, a, a wide scale of how those interactions can go. Right. And some communities have deeper histories of things not going great with interactions with police. But in a Tempe Starbucks, I don't believe that is the situation. You know, this does not this does not discount everything else. We are we are in a, a country now that wants to discount everything else because or, or include everything else because no one instance can stand by itself. Well, this one instance can and should stand by itself because it has nothing to do with anything other than th these guys drinking coffee, somebody saying they're uncomfortable. All right. So now the dump Starbucks hashtag. Cody, you love hashtags. You're all about uh, you're all about the social media and the hashtags. Dump Starbucks is out there. I don't know. I, I never, I never make a conscious choice to dump anything. I just like, I don't go. And then it's like, oh yeah, I haven't been to X Y Z establishment in months and months. Also, like, I, is something? Did they do anything about this barista, like age or anything? No, nothing. I mean, nothing. So if this is some like nineteen-year-old part-time like dumb what? kid. You're gonna boycott an entire multi-billion-dollar international company? Are you willing to forego frappuccinos? For the rest of your days, because one Yahoo in Tempe 
made a bad call. Yeah, it, that's so stupid. That is a hot that's take. So stupid. That's like when this <laughs> person said that the one like PR person said one comment from New Balance and people are setting shoes on fire. Right. It's just, people are insane. Yeah, you got to set shoes on fire. We got to send them back because they got a flag on them. We got, oh man, we are protest crazy. Gosh. I love it. I love that America has such a short fuse on the 4th of July weekend and we are willing to boycott and dump everything. And it's not lighting sparklers. Oh, that would have been so funny if I delivered it if right. You would, if you hadn't stumbled over the words, you would have had it. Now you just have to live in regret. Dump Cody. Hashtag. <laughs> We're starting to wrap things up. Karen Conti has uh, come into the studio looking very summery. It's a uh, 4th of July weekend. Hello. Have you been uh, blowing off uh, fireworks up in uh, near your Gold Coast condo? No, I haven't done that. I, I don't understand people blowing off fireworks. <laughs> I really, I can understand watching them, but like putting your fingers near things that explode does not interest me whatsoever. And, but it's going on. <laughs> All weekend, all over the city, all over the state, people and, are blowing stuff up nonstop. And, and we have the probably the strongest laws in the country against fireworks. But nobody's enforcing Nobody them, let's be honest. Nobody enforces them. But if something, someone were to get hurt, they probably would. Well, to be people, a people are, no, but people are, well, I already call for a moratorium. At 10 o'clock <laughs> tonight, you have to stop because yeah. we're done with this. Yes. Everybody's going back to work tomorrow. We don't, uh, you know, I get it. All right, you're patriotic. You've blown everything up. Yeah, my dog's You've, afraid for yes. the rest of its life, yes. Uh, veterans are having a horrible PTSD. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's over. It's, it's done. Fourth of yeah. July was days ago. I agree. Um, so did you do anything fun? I was in Puerto Rico. Ooh. All right. Now, I, I started to ask you off the air, so I, I'll cop to the fact that we kind of had a little bit of this yeah. conversation. But I, I was in Puerto Rico about five years ago, and I loved it. How is How is the island at this point? Because there's still reports that things are... Kind of shaky. Yeah, but you know, when you're in the nice areas like Old San Juan, they fix those places up first. Yeah. So things look pretty good there. We didn't really have time to go around the island. I understand there's still problems. And in fact, uh, the last night we were there, the, all of the electricity went out for two hours in the whole town, which was kind of charming. You know, you know except I was <laughs> sure. in the middle of a shower and I couldn't find my way out. But um, but yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a great place, great food. Uh, it's a little slow in the pace, you know, yeah. but we have to get used to that when we're from Chicago. It is island. It is know? island time. Yes. And, and I have the same the first couple days i'm ever in uh, an environment like that i'm like what is going on right. let's go no. folks no it's it's really hard when you're you know like, i'm gonna have a good time darn it i want to start right now yes i have 48 <laughs> hours i have to i have to jam as much fun as i can but you know well, what a pina whatever. colada or a mojito later you're in yes. the better mood yes just a little bit and by the time you get in that mood it's time to come back and get right back into the exactly. uh, the hustle and bustle so uh things are things are happening what's uh, are we are is the president going to get this question on the census, even though the Supreme Court says no, he can't? What's uh, what's going on? He, he claims he's going to do it. They're going to try. And, and, and I think one of the justices sort of left it open for them to craft a question that might be acceptable. But uh, I don't know. I don't know why it's so important. I, yeah, I don't know. And, and are and people going to answer it? No. See, that's the thing. You know. People aren't going to answer it. Right. Now, what about this billionaire in New York? Are you going to talk about this? This guy with the, the child traffic? That's a crazy What story. an interesting thing, because he has so much money. Why would he be involved in trafficking young girls when he has all the money in the world? Like, he's he doesn't a, need the money for this. Right, because he's just a sick, you know, SOB. And there's, there's all kinds of allegations that the people who are using his services are people who are prominent, mm. you know? So we might see a list of uh, interesting customers, let's and those, say. Yeah, and... Hopefully that ends all of those interesting yes, customers. Exactly. What else you got on the big program? Well, you know, I'm fascinated by graffiti. I know when I was away, this whole thing with the bean happened. Yes. And I've always been fascinated. Like, who does this kind of stuff? And why do you find, like, on the top of an overpass, something that looks like it took 
10 hours and no one yeah. saw him do that. Right. Yeah. So Where'd I actually have this guy whose job is he's gotten over $10 million in restitution for his clients by tracing who is doing these kinds of things all over. So he has really? cameras. He has he knows how to analyze the graffiti and the gang symbols. And he goes in and he infiltrates and he gets the names of the people and he helps uh, prosecute these people and get their money back. Wow. Yeah. That sounds very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we, we will be listening. Good to see you. Happy Good to Fourth see you. of July. To Hopefully you too, uh, everybody stops blowing things up in your neighborhood as well. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening and being part of the program. I will talk to you. Oh, wait. We're not here next week, are we? No, there's, oh, there's a baseball. There's a late night baseball. Yeah, from the West Coast. All right, listen. Well, we'll talk to you. You know Cody and I always keep in touch with you. We appreciate you uh, listening to the program and always supporting us. So keep checking Facebook and WGNRadio.com, and you'll find us. Chicago Stories told 24-7 on 720 WGN Chicago. Smart speaker users, just say play WGN Radio on TuneIn. It is 7 o'clock at night. Holy cow, Roger Badish.